Welcome to Belly Up to the Par, the podcast where we disc off and talk about the band Belly. I'm here with my co-host, Matt, and uh, we got a special guest here today, uh, host of Frisky Disc, co-host of Young Nerd Old Punk, <laughs> Kelly. What up? So, you know, before we get going today, we thought we'd have a little question session so you can kind of get more idea of where Matt and my musical tastes lie. So this week we've I asked Matt to come up with the first album he ever, not owned, but asked for. What was the first album he asked someone else to purchase for him? So that was a tricky question for me. Um, my brothers were really into music growing up, so I never really was led to asking for a lot of albums. I just listened to kind of what they had available. Uh, and every time I thought, I said, hey, well, maybe I needed to buy this. And I always found it in either my brother's collections or a friend's collection. So never really asked for an album growing up. I guess, well, then what was the first album you bought for yourself? Dr. Demento. Oh, yeah. He brought it Demento last time. 20th anniversary, I think. I either bought it myself or split the cost with my brother. Well, I appreciate it because people like you that bought the albums was made it possible for people like me to listen to them on the radio. So. I listen to them on the radio, too. <laughs> Way to go, Matt. Yeah, but if you weren't buying that album, he wouldn't be on the radio. That's true. So what about you, Kelly? So I'm a product of the 90s. The first album I like remember owning and having that was actually just mine was TLC's Fan Mail. It has no scrubs what, on it. What's on? Oh, no scrubs. Oh, it doesn't have. What's the other ones? Like the Rainbow Song or whatever? I don't even know. Oh, no, Waterfall. Not Waterfall. Rainbow, Waterfall. Was Waterfall on there? Waterfall's not on this. Oh, so you got like the. I mean, I assume that song was a hit, but I think the other album's probably highly, or at least more regarded. Than the album you purchased. Yeah. But hey, no But I scrubs. think that might have been crazy, sexy, cool. And maybe you shouldn't crazy, buy that for yeah. your, like... You're right, it is crazy, sexy, cool. Does that came out... You shouldn't buy that for your two-year-old, because that came out in 94. Well, when did you get it, though? I really, like, I never... I don't remember not having the fan mail album from TLC, which again... <laughs> it came out in 99. That's so, so good. I was, like, seven or so. That is oh, shit. Wow. Uh, mine was I Love Rock and Roll from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, the single. Because nice. when I was in kindergarten, me and this other kid in kindergarten would walk around the block to the Boys and Girls Club, and you just hang out there until your parents could finally get off work and pick you up. It, which, actually, a pretty dangerous neighborhood. I was allowed to do this in kindergarten, so <laughs> I'm surprised my mom allowed this to happen. But I guess because, like, well, they'll be together. But he had a little AM radio. And we heard that song on it one day, and it fucking blew my mind. <laughs> so we went to probably Kmart or some shit like that. And I remember my mom trying to dissuade me by going, Are you sure you don't want this He-Man and the Masters of the Universe book and record? You'll get a book with the record. And I'm like, nope, I want Joan Jett. So Dad made sure I got Joan Jett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, enough about us. Uh, today... If you listen to the last episode, we're doing Side A of the Star album. Uh, this was Belly's debut album. It was released on January 25th, yeah, January 25th of 1993. Uh, it was recorded in two sessions. The first was at Sound Emporium Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, with engineer Tracy Chisholm, I think is how it's pronounced. Chisholm has also worked in some capacity with Scott Wayland, the Stone Temple Pilots, Mark Lanigan from the Screaming Trees, Dishwalla, Nice. But yeah, I don't really know Dishwalla, but it seemed like a name I had seen. Yeah. 
It's a 90s band. Is it a 90s band? <laughs> I experienced them in the 90s. All right. I, like I said, I remember the name, but I don't remember anything by them. What, what did they sing? Uh, I can't believe the song. Oh, gotcha. Uh, currently owns and operates Del Boca Vista Studios. Uh, the second session was at Amazon Studios in Liverpool, England, with Gil Norton. Between the two, seems like Gil has the more storied career, but both respectable, I assume. Uh, but Gil worked with the Pixies, the Counting Crows, the Foo Fighters, Echo and the Bunnymen, Patti Smith. According to Slant, many of the songs on this album were originally intended to be on the Breeders' second album. Which Kelly wasn't here last time, and maybe you didn't listen last time. She left the Breeders to start her own band. Huh. Yeah. So that's part of the reason that, that Gil Norton was working on it, because he had a long working relationship with the Pixies, which the Breeders spawned. It's all tied together. This album sold 800,000 copies in the United States. And they also got two Grammy nominations, Best New Artist and Best Alternative Music Performance. The band themselves, on their bio, describes Star as, by turns, dreamy, creepy, jaggly, delicate, and melodically expansive. Just to kind of go back, well, I guess we can just do it song by song. But we're going to do Side A. First up on Side A was Someone to Die For. So the first thing I thought of was because, like, the song starts with Poor Thing. That just put, like, Sweeney Todd into my brain, all and that's right. all I could think of for oh, the rest funny. of the song. Because huh. I had another thought about that. Yeah. We talked about it. My brother had this album, but I don't remember it at all. If you open an album with a female rock band with the lyric, Poor Thing, the way it's said, most male teenagers are going to turn the album off, I think. And yeah. I think that's why I haven't heard this album. I guarantee you, at that age, it came on and started with Poor Thing, and I was like, whoop, I'm out. And it wasn't even like a, the lyric didn't sound super rock, like, yeah, super rock or even poppy. It was. It sounded show tuny. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just like a spoken word, poor thing, and then led into the lyrics. Yeah, and after but, that part, yeah, no, it was like, oh, this is a solid opener. I thought yeah, it was a great in- yeah. intro to the album, other than those two words, which I swear to you, I don't remember it for sure, but I feel like that is why I never listened to this. I guarantee my brother put it in my CD player. Turned it on. I heard poor thing like, nope, get that out of there. Really? Put my Black Flag album back on there. <laughs> uh, next one was Angel. I, I like this song. That was a really solid song right there. It was a little, you know, after the slow intro of Someone to Die For, I guess is what you call it. A little more energetic. I'm going to listen to it again later, but I think this one is going to be going on the USB drive in my car, so I can hear it on demand. A note I did put on this song was, I jammed to this at the club. I don't go to the club, <laughs> but if I were to and this came on, I would be very excited. <laughs> you know that. What did you think, Matt? I didn't put any notes down for this song, which probably oh, means that I was like really into it, so I wasn't thinking about writing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Next up was Dusted. Another good one. Uh, yeah, three well, solid songs in a row, yeah, I think, all around. Vocals on Dusted were really good. It starts with some bass bump bump. So yeah. It was, yeah. I put that bass and that's all I have <laughs> right. in my notes. So and Overall, up to this point, I kind of thought, it's a 90s rock album. Yeah. It, you know, it sounds like it's time, but there's little things in there in the background that they're doing that sets them apart a little bit, I think. Like I mentioned to you guys while we were listening, that chunk sounds. I yep. thought, oh, no, go back a bit. And then there was also... I don't know what kind of string instrument, and I think it was on Dusted, maybe, that that was on. It's on song two. Is that was Dusted? it on Angel? Uh, yeah, so it was on Angel. Angel. And yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah there was that My weird... note is, is, this, is that a mandolin? Or Lute? A, a some sitar, sort of yeah. string instrument? A sitar, maybe? Yeah, Something no, there like was that. just yeah. a weird, like, string instrument that showed up, but I wasn't... No. So I think they did things to try... I think they knew, like, yeah, you know, we are... 90s bands sound a lot alike. 
we're going to do these things so we don't all sound, you know, sound exactly like them. Next up is Every Word. Oh, I like the intro on that one. I wanted a really good lead-in. I like the outro bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. The endy bit is how I labeled it because I'm not bit. good at words. <laughs> it's like... It was very different, very... Uh, yeah, that's the... It's a little too psychedelic. I was going to say it's psychedelic. Yeah, it's exactly... Just a little bit too much for me. I'm not big into any kind of psychedelic. I, I put weird transitional pacing, because there were some spots in it that, like, they transitioned from one piece to another. Right. And it just kind of... It tweaks weird. I, I mean, I know what they're going for. For what they're trying to do, it's probably really good, but it's not my style of song. Right. Uh, up next was Geppetto, which, you know, I was very happy with after <laughs> every word. Uh, a little more up tempo after that last song. I like the bass parts in this song, and I think he was really kind of just replicating the guitar parts, but still, mm-hmm. it it was solid. I did put a note that more songs should use the word or name Geppetto in it because it's a really good lyric. Like, <laughs> right? yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it did. Actually, the, the the one I put a couple of notes on this one. One was good instrumental in pace with the vocals. They didn't like it. Didn't feel like anything was forced. I don't know if anybody else notices, but the backup singers, like the backup, yeah sound they were consistent with their pitch and sometimes you can catch a weird tweak right in some backgrounds yeah i didn't pick up on that but it took me until song eight to realize there was more than one person singing. <laughs> oh dude oh, oh no you could catch it for yeah. sure oh man that's funny it's a little bit slow there. but i also put that i like the ex- extra on um geppetto right on. uh next up was which it was a short song uh in fact <laughs> matt and i were both like oh that's, that's over <laughs> uh so it didn't really leave me much leave much of an impression on me but it, this is song number six yeah. of what's probably a 12-song album. I don't Oh, 15-song album. Songs. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, but it just probably... It's like a minute and a half, I think, is what yeah. it was. I, 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 I don't see it ever being exactly, a favorite but. or anything like that. It didn't help that we were asking which the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so we, we were screwing like, missed like half the song. <laughs> That's true. We were screwing around a bit during that song. I guess we didn't do our job here, guys. Nope. <laughs> Next up was Slow Dog. I like the chorus parts of Slow Dog. No, I, I put good vocal work with one of my notes. I did not like the verses at all. I have the term surfs up written in my <laughs> I can see that, though. Oh, yeah. I can see it. No, I can see it. Like, grew up listening to, like, the Beach Boys, and that brought me back for a right. second, the intro to the song. That's it. Beach Boys? Is this the song that I said that there's another no. band that I was thinking of, or was that one of the earlier uh, No, that was one of the earlier. I wish you could think of it, because I thought... I tell you, I'll go ahead and tell you who I thought you might have thought of on that song, Veruca Salt. No, nope, that's it. Is it? Yeah. Yep. I had, when I you mentioned I, I while we were listening, processing that song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quick recap. While we were listening, Matt's during one of the songs, like, man, this reminds me of somebody, and I didn't want to say who. No, because uh, that would have seriously changed my like thought yeah. process on listening. And I could hear it, but I would. I mean, they're comparable, but I wouldn't say they're Veruca Salt. No, pretty it, much. Yeah. In um whatever song seven is slow dog slow dog, I also found like the like guitar riff that they used sound very like stock musicy like at least now in two thousand eighteen it's like, I know what you're saying this feels like a theme song of sorts right uh last song was low red moon I put it down that it's a drudge song but drudge can be a negative connotation i don't really mean it that way it's a dark sway song when you're mm-hmm. in a show you're just kind of in your spot going back and forth and like a cat waiting to pounce except they don't really ever get to the pounce yeah. part on this which i kind of knew they wouldn't because this is a side ender you're not gonna end, well, i guess you could end a side ender that way but i don't think the majority of albums i listen to they kind of go out into a not necessarily a fade out but kind of a slowdown before you flip the album over and boom energy song yeah it was not a bad song 
I thought it could have been a little shorter, though. Agreed. It was a little Nirvana-y for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's the thing, too. It is kind of... And, God, I wish I could think of a good Nirvana song. Or, but they never hit that raw yeah. chorus. Yeah, yeah. They, they never, never had the, the yeah. pick back up. That's yeah, the, you never got that raw chorus. chorus to get all rageful. And that's it for side A. Overall impressions? Actually, I wrote an overall of enjoying the introduction to the band, and I'm really looking forward to hearing side B and the other, I, the other Yeah, albums. same way, man. I, I'm kind of blown away. I was not expecting much. Uh, no, so I was fully expecting this to be a... Yeah, I, I'm not I, sure if I want to, you know... I honestly thought I'd come in here and I'd have to be like, all right, I don't want to be a dickhead to talk shit about this band because whatever song they play is better than whatever the fuck I can do. Right. So I'm happy I don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't have to fake enthusiasm. I, I really like this. Yeah. I expected um, this to be some like super, super obscure band knowing Tim. So when I found it on Spotify, I was genuinely like, oh, people did listen like to this because I didn't. I only knew the band name going in. Right, yeah, no, Kelly didn't and really know much. the closest thing to research I did is they have a show in Madison in October. Yeah, we. I looked that up when we first started talking about yeah. doing this podcast. They also have one in uh, Chicago coming up and Minneapolis. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, quite a travel. Yeah. Let's see how these albums go. Uh, sponsorship <laughs> might help. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it'll be too late. The dates will have already oh, passed yeah, by the time this say. is probably released, to be honest with you. Next episode, we're doing Side B. Oh, yeah, I wanted to mention, we haven't even heard the hit single from this album. Really? Yeah. It is the first song on Side B, Feed the Tree. Uh, next is Full Moon, Empty Hearts. Then White Belly. Then Untogether. Then The Titular, Star. Sad Dress. And then Stay. Yes, Kelly, thanks for joining us. I hope, I hope you enjoyed your belly up to the par experience. Any closing thoughts, Matt? Off the top of my head, no. <laughs> All right. Found. Well, then let's go do some disc golfing. I'm not, I'm not a profound thinker, Kelly. Mm-hmm.